And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today we're going to be discussing how to create a mindful discussion around healthcare. And I actually want to start us off with a quote. Um, and then we'll be talking about Jimmy Kimmel's monologue that he gave on Monday night um, about his son's congenital heart defect. So um, the quote is actually Emma Lazarus um, from the, it's probably part of the most famous thing that's inscribed on the Statue of Liberty. And so the part that I'm gonna read is, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, the tempest tossed to me. I lift my, la my lamp beside the golden door. So that's, that's the quote that I wanna share. And um, I wanna just go into by starting off by giving a little bit of an intro um, that it's been trending pretty heavily over the last couple of days. Jimmy Kimmel gave a monologue on Monday night, sharing that his son, who was just born, um, he's just about a week, week or so, a little over a week old, um, probably a couple of weeks now. His son Billy, um, Jimmy and his wife Molly, their second child, was born, and um, pretty quickly they found out that he had a um, congenital heart uh, disease and. Um, had a hole in his heart. And this monologue, um, just kind of want to, you know, his, his, I was really struck by how um, raw it was. A lot of times when people share something like this, it's maybe a couple of years after it's happened and it's months later, but for him to come on the air, um, you know, for his first monologue after it happened and really share kind of struck me, but I want to get your thoughts on what that what that was like seeing his his monologue what your thoughts were on that where we're at now um they want to keep the the dialogue a partisan conversation so that nothing productive happens um like so much of the conversation whether you like obamacare or not is about repealing or not repealing obamacare and yes the the republicans would probably love to repeal it but the other tactic there is to <laughs> keep everyone distracted um, when in reality the vast majority of people agree on where healthcare should be going. Um, yes. And I think hearing those personal stories is what helps us move the conversation to uh, an important and real and non-partisan place. What I had actually two reactions. I had the reaction of watching it and then the reaction of seeing how the media was portraying it. I loved watching it um, and then was angered by the the headlines about it because so much of it was about uh, Obamacare and it, they were making it, it partisan. And he really said nothing about being pro- Obamacare, what, what's going on on the, 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 the political side with Obamacare? Um, it was more about um, the importance of not going back and having all these people who are not covered, um, which is a different conversation because whether you support Obamacare or not, that's something 
that should be agreed upon is we don't want to go to a time where even more people have less access to health care. And mm -hmm. if Obamacare isn't the best solution, then we have to move forward to something that's better, not move back to what was worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, um, I can definitely see, see your point that, you know, watching it and just kind of hearing um, his authenticity about his own experience was really powerful and, and really, really moving. I know for me, I probably cried through the whole 13 minutes. I mean, I cry a lot. But, um, you know, I heard this from a lot of people that it was just very, very moving for them because you're right. It, 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 it takes the partisan politics out of it and it brings it to people and to experiences. And it's like how, you know, would you, you're able to put yourself in that, those parents' shoes and in that family's shoes and, and feel what they're feeling and say, no, you know, this, we don't need to go backwards. It's not, that's not the way to solve the issues with the Affordable Care Act. Um, and, but I also do think that, I do think that he was um, intentionally being, I don't know if the word is political, but just, just being an activist in a way. Um, an activist for healthcare, you know, for people having coverage. And, and I definitely did hear that. And I think because currently we are in a week where, and this has been happening, um, you know, this is the third try, but the, um, you know, Trump administration is trying to repeal the Affordable Care Act and replace it with, um, I can't remember the acronym, AHCA, um, Trump Care. And so, you know, I do think that that there was a, I did get a sense of kind of a, an urgency on his part to speak honestly about this and to let people know that this really is a people and a human issue rather than partisan. Um, but I do think that you're right, that, that there's always that kind of um, ability for the partisan media to latch onto something and make it, you know, whatever they want to and, and kind of turn it into, to, um, you know, this huge support for something that it really isn't. Um, so I do, I do see that, but I also think that's kind of inevitable in a way. Um, you know, that's kind of part of, part of the process that we deal with, with everything, you know, being so, um, media driven. Yeah. And I think for, I, I do think that the, the positive side is that most people now, um, see that. And they see kind of the media trying to make it uh, a, a partisan political um, moment. Um, mm -hmm. And most people, when they watch it, do see that that's not that it was authentic and it was it was about mm -hmm. it. It's not that it's it wasn't about politics. It was just about it was about something deeper. It wasn't about really picking a side or or any any of those things that that div divide us it was about trying to bring us together the one thing that the the one moment i that i did question was uh, when he did set he did say that after he gave the monologue he he said that healthcare should be something that we we all agree on and um i do think that the majority of 
a good majority of people do agree with him, but there are a group of people who actually legitimately don't. It's they don't understand the current healthcare system. One, it's just why they right. do this. But they truly would say that if a parent can't afford to save their child with the money that they earn, that the child should die. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something we have to also acknowledge that there are people who think like that and that um, that is really where, where the challenge is. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think that we avoid acknowledging that reality. I think that we want to think that everyone is convincible, you know, about about this issue and that if people just understand enough, like, look, it's it's a baby, you know, this is this is an innocent child. Um, and yet you're right. There are still people that, that feel, um, that that's, that, that it doesn't matter, um, that those, that those things aren't important, that it's not, um, the society as a whole's kind of responsibility to support each other in that way. And I think you're right. A lot of it has to do with just not understanding the healthcare and insurance system. Cause that's, that's, that's what it is. Um, you know, it's like, well, why do I have to pay for sick people? That, well, that's, that's how it works. Um, and yet... I do think that when we don't acknowledge that reality that we kind of trick ourselves into thinking that um, that it's just about getting people to understand, um, you know, and I think that that can be kind of dangerous because I think that we do need to recognize that um, that that's just not the reality that there's all, you know, there's, there's people that, that do disagree with that and, and won't be convinced. And that, you know, I don't know what the strategy is for dealing with that other than to kind of continue to move forward and be, and, and um, be vocal about the things that you do feel like are important. Um, and yet recognizing everybody is not going to agree. Mm-hmm. I think another way to help with that is for, people to not be scared to to share their stories because what's Jimmy Kimmel's a, a personality so he's gonna he's gonna be able to touch the people who are open to listening to a celebrity um, but people who aren't willing to listen to a celebrity might be willing to listen to their their family and friends who have who have dealt with these things and I think a lot of it stems from, I mean, it sounds harsh when you say, and no one's going to say it. They'll say, they'll, they'll kind of bounce around it that they believe that they shouldn't have to pay for that child's health care. Right. Um, but I think it, it doesn't stem from, it, it comes from a place of them feeling taken advantage of and like they are living in a hard place where they're working and not seeing the benefit mm-hmm. um, or they don't see they don't see the the the, the collective help so they see it yeah. as they're paying for this other person but they're right. not seeing any benefit so if they don't get that why should someone else mm-hmm. and uh, I think there's there's two ways to handle that you either they have to see that they are benefiting or that it is that it is a thing where we're all in it together Mm -hmm. or the people who they care about have to 
change their mind through giving them new experiences. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that. And I think that's a really um, kind of important part to talk about. And I think that really brings a lot of the the mindful perspective into it for me is that that that, that mindset is coming from, you know, that kind of idea or feeling of scarcity, mm-hmm. um, that there's just, there's not enough resources, there's not enough, and that's fear driven. And, you know, the thing that this administration and, and Trump during his campaign, and, his, and he's been doing it for a very long time, if you look back over his tweets for years, he's really been able to tap into people's fears of scarcity and their their worries about what this world is going to leave for them. And, and they're, they're not just scarcity, but safety and security. And, and so, you know, you look at the rhetoric, rhetoric around um, immigration and, and it's, you know, drugs and, and, and murderers are coming in. So we have to keep these things out. And so that's, that's a very um, old, that's like the oldest tactic, you know, to kind of get people to stop seeing the humanity in other people and, and, and start to kind of wall ourselves off. And, and, um, you know, I think that the more we can raise our awareness about that and kind of see that this is what's going on, I think that, 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 that helps. Um, but again, it's not going to erase it. And I think you're right that it's going to be people within these communities talking to each other and sharing their experiences um, because there's a lot of, you know, there's a, there's an intentional lack of other perspectives. You know, there's an actual intentional, um, uh, you know, drive to force other perspectives out. You know, you look at these, these rallies and it's like, get them out of here. This person disagrees with me. And so we don't want anyone to hear these dissenting ideas. And so I think that, you know, that it is going to take people talking to each other in their own communities to really make a difference. But I, I also, to speak to your previous point about um, people sharing their truths and, um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, like you said, is a celebrity. And so he has a platform and there's people that are open to that, but also regular people sharing their own experience. And for me, that's something that I think is really important. And um, I want to share a little bit about my own experience with healthcare, because it's something that I never really had to think much about until the last couple of years. Um, So in 2015, towards the end of 2015, I, um, you know, probably started feeling just a little bit off, but not anything too extreme, just kind of little mild symptoms that I wasn't really worried about. And um, I had had health insurance my whole life through, you know, school and my parents and then working. And when I moved to LA, I became self-employed. And so I didn't have group health insurance any longer. Um, And so, you know, to kind of fast forward, I was um, basically ended up where my vision, I wasn't able to see straight. And my vision went double kind of suddenly one morning I woke up and like just the world did not look normal. And so I went to the emergency room and actually this is pretty amazing because with my diagnosis, sometimes it can take years to diagnose, but I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And um, so this is like October, 2015. And so again, didn't have health insurance at the time. And 
through the Affordable Care Act, I was actually able to get health insurance for the time that I was sick and then get coverage. And, you know, yes, my premium is higher than I would like it to be, but it's still affordable for me to be able to take care of my own care and still be self-employed and be able to be an entrepreneur and kind of try to build what we talk about as the American dream and, and you know, these these kind of qualities of, of America that we, um, you know, really value or, or say we value, you know, and so being able to kind of help people make it. And so I see the Affordable Care Act is something that's really helped me be able to make it and to survive. And, you know, with multiple sclerosis, this is something I'm going to have to have health care my entire life. I'm going to, you know, be on medication or some sort form of treatment um, forever. You know, it's chronic. And so also speaking about chronic illness, I now have a pre-existing condition. And as of October 2015, I now have this label over my head of being somebody that has a pre-existing condition. And, um, you know, right now with the, the administration's third attempt to repeal, um, repeal the ACA, um, pre-existing conditions are not protected in the way that they were. And it's going back to allowing states to decide what to do. And we already have seen that states are, majority of states do not have protection. Um, for people with pre-existing conditions. And so I might have to pay a three times premium. And I understand again that, you know, there are people that say tough, you know, that's too bad. You're sick. So you have to pay more. And that's just the system. But I also think that that's not the majority of Americans. I think that, you know, going back to my initial quote, that the majority of us do have faith in America's being a place where you can come and be protected and, you know, and that, that everyone is welcome, including people with illnesses, including babies who were born and will have to have multiple surgeries throughout their life. Um, so that's just kind of a little bit about my story to just share how, you know, personally I've been affected. And I think that, um, you know, it's just important to kind of be able to like talk about these things. So glad that you did. And I, I think too, what people don't don't realize is I lived um, in the UK for a while that has uh, a universal healthcare system, which has its its own issues. It's nowhere near uh, a perfect system, but being in Europe where that's the the standard, it it was just interesting the the mindset because it's just not something you worry about. You don't you don't live your life ever worrying about about healthcare, and in america it's a it's a common discussion everywhere you go um no matter if you're completely healthy or in, incredibly ill um and that uh, that affects your life um on all varying levels um yes. that uh, other people living in places that have um an inclusive healthcare system don't don't deal with, and I think what ends up happening is, I, I think it's important for people who care about this issue and for activists to stay diligent in having the actual conversation on how to in, improve the system and not getting distracted or caught up in in the the noise that's created by the 
the the media and the government and the in, insurance companies because they're the conversation we should be having is how do we improve the system and what system is best? I mean, we're talking about people who don't feel like their premiums are too high and don't want to pay for other people. And, and, and there's, there's a conversation to be had about, yes, you, you it may seem like you're paying for other people, but if it wasn't about, paying corporations for insurance your premiums would go down because Mm -hmm. there there wouldn't be all that that profit center Mm -hmm. there and the thing about living in the the uk was yes it's a universal health care system and some people really didn't like it but having a a public that's why i like when it it's called a a public option because Mm -hmm. that's how it's an option in most countries so Mm -hmm. you have that that base of universal health care but if you want to have some some special mm-hmm. health care on top of it there is private insurance that gives you perks and and special add-ons if you will <laughs> that you're 100 able to get and it doesn't it doesn't raise their quote-unquote premiums any higher because now those private insurance companies are competing with with the the universal system so mm-hmm. they're they're they they keep their prices lower to try to attract people to having those add-ons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um i mean i think all of those are really really good and important points to make and i also want to you know, think about that, you know, it's important to talk about what type of system to have and and what's going to be the most effective. But I think it's also important to talk about why it's important to have a healthy population in general. You know, I think that like, um, you know, one of the, one of the kind of core values that I feel like I've gotten from this current administration is strength. And wanting a strong, um, wanting to be strong, wanting to be seen as as a strong, competitive country and nation. And so a a sick nation is not a strong nation, you know, a nation where people um, are not able to, you know, get their basic needs taken care of is not a is not a strong nation, you know, and it it makes us less competitive, you know, and you think about, a lot of the things that that are happening and it's that that's a concern. And so it's like, if you don't value other people and kind of a collective, you know, shared experience, you know, maybe you value strength and you want us as a nation to be strong. Well, that's part of creating a strong nation is having a healthy and well-educated. I won't go down the education um, rabbit hole right now, but that's also part of having a strong, um, you know, population. And so I think that's something to talk about as well, because we don't really hear anybody talking much about how that affects our um, our country as a whole when we have so many people without health care and, and, and not just individuals, because again, I think the individual stories are so important, but also as a whole, it, it, it can really be crippling for us. And I don't know that that's, that conversation is being had enough either. Right. And I think another conversation that's important to have specifically with 
people who don't agree with um, uh, a universal healthcare system or or moving in in that direction, whatever it means, um, is what actually makes us a nation. Because there's this idea of the the individual, but as a nation, we are together, and the individual it's it's really impossible in our society to thrive as a, a separate individual like you have if, if you look at it you have your career but you need you need the grocery store you need you need other people and it's all in, interconnected and in, in our roads and there there's socialist mm-hmm. elements in, in our government yeah. already that are vital to us thriving both as a nation and a group and as an an individual and the the thing i always find interesting is they do these studies every year of what what countries are the the, the happiest right it's all it's all relative in the end but what the, the, what it, if you look at how they d- decide that it's a really interconnected process of what really gives a good standard of living that makes people happy. And it, it's, it is those subtle things about, well, their healthcare might not be the best, but they don't worry about it. And they, mm-hmm. they aren't c- competing with, there's a, a good minimum wage and there's education that makes them feel empowered and, and capable of um, uh, achieving things. There's um, free, free college mm-hmm. um, and, they don't. They don't have to worry about saving fifty, a hundred thousand dollars to go go to college. And when you have an educated workforce, that benefits everybody. Because then, if you're you're the people you're working with are educated, the people you're employing are educated, your bosses are educated. It, it just it it's. I think it's it's an oversimplification to separate yourself and think. I'm over here and everyone else is over here and I need to look out for myself and can't help anyone else because when I help and the, 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 the thinking behind it is that when I help everyone else, I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. But the, the reality is, is that when everyone's thriving, mm-hmm. it, it's more likely that you will thrive. Yes. Yeah. I think that's such a great point that, that, that I hadn't really thought about. And, you know, it's not like people argue that our defense is socialized. You know, that it's not like people can say, oh, well, I'm just going to be over here and protect myself. I don't want the military to to take care of me. I mean, there's so many elements of, of the way we run as a nation that is socialized. And yet, you know, healthcare becomes this thing that we want to parse out and make individual. And, you know, it really doesn't make a lot of sense as far as just kind of in line with, again, the stated values of of America and kind of what we're trying to represent. And it seems pretty counter um, to that. And so, yeah, I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, I've thought about that before, but I hadn't really thought about that to, to that degree. And I think that is really important. Well, for me, it doesn't, oh, specifically on healthcare. Um, it, it is like the military in that it affects all of us sure there's diseases that are hereditary and in, in individual but there's a good portion of diseases that if everyone was on their own and a good portion of the population couldn't 
afford healthcare and wasn't getting covered, they're going to be passing on diseases to you because they're not being treated. You are going to be directly affected because we don't have a system that looks out for everybody and is a, just about the, the individual. Um, and I think that's an important, an important part to stress um, for people who, who haven't fully thought about it. Because that's, that's a, a huge aspect to why it's so important for us to work together to help everybody um, and not just worry about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other questions or thoughts I have for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I feel like I said everything and that I wanted to say on that topic. What about you? Yeah, gave me lots to think about. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So for homework, I hadn't really thought about anything um, going into it, but it, just your point about the importance of people sharing our stories. And so I would like to challenge everybody to share your own experience, your own story, um, your own experience with healthcare, positive, negative, uh, neither, <laughs> both, um, but just sharing your own experience. And if you don't feel comfortable sharing online, because I definitely can understand that, um, sharing with somebody in your life, you know, so talking to a friend or, or, or a neighbor that maybe you never let know what was going on, but have, have talked to and feel comfortable with. And so that's, that's my challenge for you guys this week. But I would also love to hear if you are comfortable with sharing, we would love to hear in mindfulness and action on civil D on Facebook in the group. And, um, you can also find us at civil D TV. Hey, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good week, guys. Bye.